On this episode, we discuss one of the mash-em-ups, Cowboys and Aliens. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, I'm Stuart Wellington. And hello, I'm Elliot Kalin. <laughs> hey, we're all back. We're all back. Yes. We're all back again. Yeah. See, See you've returned back from, from the slammer. Puerto Rico. <laughs> That's what they call Puerto Rico. Yep, they call it Puerto Rico jail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm back. I'm not on vacation anymore. And so you, you rested. Dry can, your eyes. You rested your place in the Flophouse back from Mr. Al Madrigal. Would you? Wait, what? He, uh, Al was. Gonna... Oh, did you guys get another celebrity to replace me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he wanted to stay, but apparently you were too uh, much for him. Yeah, well, I mean, only was... a celebrity can plug the Stewart-sized hole <laughs> in America's hearts. Uh, okay, well, uh, Al Madrigal's from that show you guys work on, Madrigal, right? yeah, Madrigal. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He is from that show we work on, and he's in those commercials, <laughs> which is <right>? what Bewitched, <laughs> which shows that F Troop. <laughs> so, Stuart, you're back. Would you say you're better than ever? <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think the audience can answer that. Yeah. Now, so I'm going to wait for them to call. <laughs> it's not a phone-in show. This is actually I mean, recorded. They can still call me. It's pre-recorded. <laughs> they don't Are you have your number. Release your number on the air. Five five five. Uh huh. Two two four four four. That's made up. And you live in any town USA. One two three Main Street. <laughs> yep. One two three Fake Street. <laughs> it runs parallel to Main Street. Uh, now. They say that once you go black, you never go back. You're back, so you obviously didn't go black, right? That's well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay, logically, I can't, I can't argue with that logic. Okay, I just wanted to test uh, Snipes's theorem. I'm going to call it. So, we uh, we theorem thought theorem fifty-seven is that theorem yeah. fifty-seven? Yeah. yeah. Well, this is the codicil to theorem fifty-seven, which is always bet on black. <laughs> We thought that uh, to honor um, our big return uh, with all of us, the first show with all of us post our 100th episode, we should do This is what, a 102nd episode? Yeah. There was a one-episode gap. Yeah. (laughs) You're making it like this is this Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis reunion. A big (laughs) Hollywood film. (laughs) A film that everyone went out and didn't see. Yeah. A movie that... Was a huge lack of success mm-hmm. that took Hollywood by drizzle and swept the noes, the <laughs> awards that don't exist. Cowboys and aliens. Cowboys and aliens. So to celebrate me coming back, we watched uh, a really fun, big, explosive movie, right, with tons of energy and you aliens well, and cowboys. From the if you were judging a movie by the title, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's got everything you like. Cowboys, you love them. Wild Olivia's. Aliens, Aliens, you love them. Ampersands, Ampersands. (laughs) you love them. Oh, man. Is this the thing you guys were fucking working on when I was gone? No, Dan and I have just become one. We've become one. Mm -hmm. Sure. In the void. Uh, Like a cowboy and an alien merged. uh, Which would have been an interesting thing to have happen in this movie. It didn't. Yeah, uh, I, w- I would like to see something where one of the an uh, alien cowboy that yeah, would have been amazing. The, yeah, there's well, one alien that like joins the team of the cowboys, and he wears a hat and a six gun, and they call him like Space Tex. 
Yeah, exactly. They're well, teaching him Earth expressions. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. that I, this is getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but I think that the largest. Basically, he'd be like Rango or something, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'd be like Rango, a lizard <laughs> who's a cowboy. I think we can all agree, like getting this is getting ahead he'd of be ourselves. Like, but... Draw a sucker, beep boop. <laughs> <laughs> He's a robot, I guess too. <laughs> Sorry, I should have said it's a little Westworld. I should have said draw a sucker, gleep glorp. That's how aliens talk. <laughs> And if he said beep glorp, he'd be a robot alien. You know oh, it, that's, that's a bridge too far, Stuart. A robot alien cowboy. You can't combine all of those things. Stretching Says too. who? Says it's, who? That's like a Neapolitan ice cream. You don't want that. Yeah. Wow. Anti-Italian slur from Dan McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> they don't make good ice cream. They're lazy. All those flavors don't Dan go McCoy. together. That's what I say. Wow. Anti-multiculturalism and anti-melting pot, Dan McCoy. So uh, it's, a, it's a movie that you would think would have a sense of zazz, a sense of verve. And what I was about to say was for a movie called Cowboys and Aliens, it was very drab. Yes. There's not a lot of sense of fun to it. And when you read about it, they, they make a point over and over again of talking about the people who made the movie about talking about how they went really far to not have it be a movie people would laugh at. They didn't want it to be too goofy. They didn't want people to get the wrong idea that this was a silly movie. And it's like any any movie where cowboys fight aliens – the if you're gonna do it in a way that's not silly, you, you have to work so much harder than they did when making this movie. Well, also, I mean, I understand the impulse. Like, I would have hated this movie probably as much if it was campy. Yeah. But there's a way of doing this with a spirit of fun, like tongue in cheek, playing, you know, paying homage to old westerns and old sci-fi movies at the same time, or just not uh, even paying homage, just doing it in a way that's fun as opposed to. Like, overly serious. Well, and I, I hate to point out the obvious, but if you're trying to make a serious movie, don't just name it Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> don't just name two things that are in the movie. Yeah. It seems very... No, that's the way most serious movies are named. Oh, okay. Schindler's List, two things. There's a guy, he's got a list. Saving Private Ryan... Private Ryan. I mean, that's what they're doing. And, okay, and great, si- right, and great savings. <laughs> Name it. Lots of great va- There's a great value in that movie. <laughs> Huge. I mean, it's you get pres- tons of berry pepper. It's, it's a Memorial Day so sale. So wait, you're getting savings on Private Ryan? <laughs> yes. And in addition, savings on other merchandise in the department. <laughs> so Private Ryan is sort of like a, a loss leader. It gets you in the door. Well, you're saving an, on products that are equal or lesser value than Private Ryan. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Stu, you worked in retail. You, you couldn't get <laughs> anything about this. Well, so wait, could I get a Colonel Ryan, or would Colonel Ryan be Colonel worth Ryan? More? I mean, he'd be more, hot, right? greater value. So no, for this for this sales offer, it would not work. Okay. For this event, but uh, the Private Ryanathon is going on throughout the month of June. Hilarious. See anything you like on the sa- on, on the shelves? Don't stop. Keep it up. Feel free to come this in. Ask me. Here's my card. Come in like anytime. Sales, okay. We've got a lot of great. Privates on here, Ryan and otherwise. Do you get commission on this? Uh, Technically, yes. I do work on commission, so I'd appreciate if you – I would love to make a sale. But again, this is about getting you and the right private Ryan in the room together. That's fine. I'm just not buying the extended warranty on one of these private Ryans. Are you – because it is a great machine. Yes, you won't experience a lot of problems, but safety (sighs) is never And I mean, his manager makes him ask that. I know. The upsell. The upsell bothers me. Oh, the computer's showing me that that's already been included. I'm so sorry. I – can talk to my manager, but usually he's not so crazy about special offers. Uh, mm-hmm. This is my ass on the line, I know, but I'm willing to do it for you. Uh, so Saving Private Ryan was Dan, the movie Dan, we watched Dan, tonight. Dan, the manager's looking at you now. I don't know. Oh, God. Uh, I think he's coming over. Uh, so, uh, I heard you. <laughs> the man of two voices. <laughs> you, yes. you, don't, you, don't want, uh, you don't want this warranties? 
got a Wellington setup. <laughs> uh, so Cowboys and Aliens, big cast, mm-hmm. big stars. Oh, yeah. Daniel Craig, who I believe sounds like. Hello, hello, it's me, Daniel Craig. Beautiful. Harrison Ford, who sounds like. <laughs> it's me, Han Solo. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> Olivia Wilde, who sounds like. Uh, yeah, that's hello. good. <laughs> it's me, Olivia Wilde. Let's not forget also Sam Rockwell, Paul Dano, Keith Carradine. Says their name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Harrison Ford listed a character he's best known for. Okay, it's yeah, a, a good point. They didn't all say their name. Let's yeah. think Harrison Ford's real name is Han Solo. Uh, he's got a short retention span. Um, so so big cast, big a lot of big people. Steven Spielberg was a producer of this movie. Mm-hmm. John, John, Favreau, John Favreau, hot big, off of the Iron Man. Uh, Hot off of the Iron Man success, yeah. Uh, it took seven people at least to write the screenplay. Uh, you'd think this movie would be just jam packed with great jokes, mm-hmm. dialogue, character moments, exciting and thrills, scary for, chills. They were working mm-hmm. out for some like spills, some spills years, right? and for fact, uh, maybe a couple guys named Will. <laughs> Why not? And they Toss were working on it for 14 years, so this that's is... like that's like a slow-roasted piece of meat. It's <laughs> true. This movie should have been dripping off the bone, just mm-hmm. self-pulled. Yeah, but, a lot of flavor. But yeah, this movie was in development Juicy. for roughly 14 Two words. years. Juicy. <laughs> uh, but yet, what comes to it really is the blandest, most boring way this movie could be. So could not be. juicy at all. Should we bother going through the plot of it? Uh, if you could do it as... Uh, fast as possible. So Daniel Craig wakes but up in the middle. Furious. We're not <laughs> allowed. To do the I'll try to calm down. I'll find my Zen space before I re- recap the synopses. Uh, so Daniel Craig is a stranger. He wakes up in the middle of the desert, no memory, and he's got a gaudy metal bracelet on his wrist. Uh, three drifters come along and try to attack him. He kills all of them. He's a tough guy. He knows how to fight. Mm-hmm. Walks into a town. A town's being run by this. Cattle Baron, played by Harrison Ford. Yep. The Cattle Baron's son, Paul Dano, is a big asshole who walks in and shoots up the town. Sort of a dissolute drunk character who is just like a petulant yeah. uh, teen. I mean, these of. are these are all your classic Western tropes. You have this you have the mysterious drifter, you have the cattle baron the kind of bad guy cattle baron who has, who is good at heart. You have his ne'er do well spoiled son, mm-hmm. you have the noble sheriff, you have the mysterious lady who is po- you think might be a prostitute, but it might be out wearing she's not. pajamas the whole time. Might be wearing her pajamas the whole time. You have the pacifist barkeep who learns to be a man. Pacifist barkeep. You got the tough as nails preacher who's also kind of a doctor. The pacifist barkeep's Mexican wife. Yeah. Uh, am I? Li- the, the, you've got little the, kid. the, the little kid who's little the kid. grandson of the sheriff and has to. He has to get over his fear of the outside world. Uh, and. That's most of the characters yeah. from the first and third of the movie. We never get to know them any more than those uh, two-line descriptions they are, would well, suggest. Well, occasionally we get like little details, but they're basically very boilerplate characters. They don't have a lot of yeah. soul. They don't have a lot of heart. Uh, eventually they run into a gang of outlaws that the mysterious stranger, it turns out, used to ride with. Turns out he was a wanted outlaw, Jake Lonergan, and... Uh, yeah, you're Sounds like a made-up name. Well, yes, and when they're going to take... Well, they're all made-up names. It's a fictional story. <laughs> None of these okay. people are real. Uh, when they're going to take him to see a judge because he's there's a price on his head, he's a criminal, when they're attacked by aliens... Wait, demons? 
they call them demons, but okay. they're aliens in spaceships. I mean, they call them demons for like a minute, and then they just and then get again over it. later in the movie they oh, bring okay. that back. So these are like super smart aliens who come down with their tractor beams, and they you know they uh, not so much a clever plan. They're kind they... of big brutish aliens that don't seem to have a spoken language of any type okay. and run around like gorillas and bite people. But they also have these kind of fluttering planes that shoot grappling hooks out at people and pull them up into the sky and kidnap them. So the aliens are going around kidnapping what's, people. What's, with... their, what's their mo? What's what, what's going on? What are they trying to do? <laughs> oh, we don't know. It's a mystery, but we'll find out. Okay. So basically, the characters band together to find the missing townspeople who are taken during the alien attack. They ran into Jake's old uh, outlaw band. They get attacked by aliens a couple more times. They run into uh, an Indian tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, every time you have lost interest in the movie, they dump 20 more characters into your lap, and those characters fail to bring any interest to the movie. It turns out you learn more and more that Jake was going to leave the gang, and he wanted to take up with this prostitute he'd fallen in love with when aliens attacked them and stole their gold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kidnapped kidnapped both— Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, they, we'll get to that. The aliens are here to get, to get gold. Okay, so didn't they didn't they like melt the gold and vacuum it up into the sky? Yes, that's exactly what they did. Okay, then they because that's easier than just like just taking some coins up into the sky. <laughs> well, they did. You know, they had to melt it first. Their tractor beams only it, work on liquid. Second, I guess. Up. Yeah, but, like uh, a big straw. Jake has been framed for the murder of his woman he fell in love with it's kind of complicated how they'd even know she existed and he's running around with this bracelet that turns into a laser blaster well it's because he escaped from the aliens he's kind of a master blaster you might say <laughs> I'd, I'd describe him as a master I blaster i think that's the only way you can describe him or perhaps a blaster master sure. but uh, he saw Sorry before his say. very eyes the woman he loved turn into ash by an alien on a operating table. Then that same alien attacked him, and he took the alien's laser wrist blaster and attacked him and escaped. It's almost like he actually just like accidentally flailed his arm out, and the the blaster leaped onto it. Though. Yeah, well, like, the blaster really seems plan. to like him and yeah. do what it wants. Like it's a weapon on his wrist that seems to function like a magical object in a fantasy story. Like it, I'm listening. It, <laughs> it leads him along his way. It acts when he doesn't know he need to act, needs to act at that moment. Like the wrist blaster knows what he wants to do before he knows it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really. They it's never like really explain how it works. So you're saying that the yes. blaster is a more active protagonist than Daniel Craig. I would say the blaster is the most charismatic character in the entire movie. <laughs> I mean, it accomplishes more than he does. Yes, he is basically just a mounting for the wrist blaster. This movie should have been told from the point of view of the wrist blaster. It should have been called Wrist Blasters and Aliens. It should have been called Laser Wrist. <laughs> Den- how, how great would that poster have been? Daniel Craig is Laser Wrist. <laughs> this summer. Get wristed. Uh, feel Wristy the- business. This summer. No, I took it too far, dude. Yeah, come on. What? Why? That's, that's, we're, he was talking about a serious movie. Yeah, come <laughs> on. They trying this to make not a, a serious movie. movie about a wrist blaster. A serious movie called Laser Wrist about a laser wrist. <laughs> okay. Uh, so all these characters team up in the end to destroy the aliens and save the people who have been kidnapped. It turns out that the big plan, uh, Olivia Wilde, it, she reveals way later than she really should have. She's actually an alien who's taken human form to get revenge on these other aliens. Uh, she explains that these aliens go from planet to planet stealing gold and (laughs) kidnapping the inhabitants of planets to learn their vulnerabilities. So basically they're just like Daniel Craig. Kind of. In a yeah. way, in yeah. a way, no, that's good. What we, what we did to the Native Americans, these aliens want to do to us. What? Which is a parallel that is really never made super clear in the movie, mm. but it's kind of jumping out at you the whole time. But what I didn't get was the aliens are trying to learn our vulnerabilities, 
they learn pretty quickly that humans are vulnerable to lasers, yep. fire, electricity, getting stabbed, Bitten. blowing up, thing, having things fall on us. Yep. How, mu- how much do they need to study us? They've got lasers. Basically normal stuff. I mean, the funny thing is, like, that's all stuff that the aliens appear to be vulnerable to themselves. So they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like... Like, destroying their bodies will kill them. During I would, the, I would like to see a couple f- scenes of them, like, testing out things that don't work at all, like <laughs> tickling a human. And Just splashing them with water. <laughs> Maybe, like, some simple, like, mime play to see if they can make us laugh, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Splitting a pie in our face. Yep. At the end of the movie, though, they're fighting the aliens. Yeah, most of the aliens get killed by having their heads blown off with guns or being speared with spears. Yeah, it's not like you need a. Spe- this is not usual. You're talking about stuff. aliens that are covered in almost like an armored shell. Yeah, except in the middle of their chest, they can open up their armor to release these two weird little arms and expose their heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a- by the way, that's a bad idea. Yeah, I don't know why evolution selected for people exposing their uh, internal organs like that. Well, it's like a you know party trick. <laughs> it's probably part of their intercourse too. Yeah, yeah, you think so? I mean, those I think hands- evolution is all about. If I got two little hands. I'm using them to jack off another alien. Okay. <laughs> Wait, that's that's not intercourse. I mean, Wait, what? I mean, you're, there's no reproduction. Third base. Like like, there's no reproduction value to jerking I mean, off. Base, right? Jerking him off into your eggs. I don't. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Like scrambled eggs? Yeah, come on, like an omelet, Dan. That's not a seasoning. Come on. All right, no, I, I tried it. That's all I'm saying. It's not what Holland well, sauce is. You, well, when we release the Flophouse Cookbook, I do not want to see Dan McCoy's famous sperm eggs <laughs> in that book. All right. So we're talking about a movie. So Cowboys and Aliens, in the end, Olivia Wilde gives her life to blow up the wrist blaster inside the alien spaceship and destroy it. And everyone's happy, and they got the gold that the aliens stole. And Which revitalizes their little town. And oh. every character that and, had uh, like kind of Harrison. shortcoming, <clears throat> they've kind of they've everyone kind of grows. Gotten, yeah, they've all gotten. Harrison over that. Ford stops being a crusty curmudgeon mm-hmm. and becomes kind and of he gets a, a new hat, an open-hearted person. Sam uh, Rockwell's not so much of a pussy anymore. Yeah, Sam Rockwell Rock- totally blasted off an alien's face. He's the he's the classic character of the like wimpy guy who's a pacifist who learns he has to use a gun and shoot an alien in the head. He's basically Darlene's boyfriend from Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. To bring us back to some great savings that I really think you should take a look at again. <laughs> look, I just don't, don't leave. Think, look, I don't think I need look, a new hey, private look, Ryan right now. Let's get back to the grass tax. What do I need to do to see? My knees. What do I need to do to see you walk out of here with a private really, Ryan? I got to talk to my wife before I make any private Ryan she, decisions. Look, hey, what better surprise is there? You go home. You go, honey. Look what the dog left in the driveway. She's gonna think it's poop. She's gonna have to clean it up. I mean, she's he's mad at you. Some good points here. She man. walks out. She sees a private. She's I, she sees a private friend here in the store. Remember? <laughs> Thank I, you, sir. I feel like I you're splitting it. commission. She walks out. She sees a private Ryan with a bow on it in the driveway. Oh my God! You remembered our anniversary or Wait, birthday like a giant or whatever. Novelty sized bow. Yeah, of those course. Those are great. Of course. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Ladies love those. <laughs> And Mother's Day is right around the corner. Oh, mothers I mean, love Private Ryan. Okay. No, you have a mother though, don't you, sir? <laughs> yes. Or are you so heartless? <laughs> I know. I... Did you spontaneously generate from some seeds? <sighs> I just I got a lot to think about. Look, I gave it like two seconds before I brought up midichlorians. <laughs> all right. I'm growing, guys. So. So this... all the characters have their arcs. The little kid. Kills an alien and proves himself that way. Indians and Americans and uh, settlers learn they can get along. You know, it's the aliens fighting these aliens has really brought everyone together. Yeah. The yeah. end. 
fighting gorilla aliens with wrist blasters. And Daniel Craig rides off into the sunset, sunrise. Yeah, having had both his uh, his love interests. His lady loves Had killed. a total of two babes at yeah. one point, and now has no babes. <laughs> his ba- he has lost 200% of babes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one's reduced to ash, one and, is blown I mean, up all over the one west. One of them, according to Stuart, was merely hamburger. <laughs> Another world. That was before I knew she was an alien we should put, who gets brought back to life by being set on fire. We should, that was we before should, Stu knew that she was a mom. That now, now he's turned on. I wish on. we could yeah. put an asterisk next to, next to that <laughs> reference. Go, see the end time episode, flop fans. Smile and stand. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you you feel differently about Olivia Wilde now now that she can you know she can be revived from death by fire. Yeah, there's that really great scene where uh, Daniel Craig saves Olivia Wilde from being grappling hooked. They climb out of the river that they were just sunk in, and they're sitting on the on the riverbank, and a giant alien pops up, and he sees a guy with a wrist blaster and a small woman, and the alien decides to just punch the shit out of the woman. <laughs> like, he hits her out of the frame. And then, of course, he gets wrist blasted well, to death. Maybe yeah. that, maybe that might be a clue that uh, that she's an alien, because we don't know at that point. Maybe. I mean, sure. He's he's, he's doing his uh, risk analysis, and he's like, this he's, is the real That one's an alien. Here. But she never seems to have any special abilities other than fire revival. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Rising like a phoenix. We also and didn't she mention... Can speak, and she can speak uh, Chiricahua. Yeah, Chiricahua she can speak, because uh, she speaks to the, the Indians. We also... I didn't mention the part where Daniel Craig gains his memory back by having a spirit walk with a... <laughs> With his spirit animal, which is a hummingbird. <laughs> this happens after Olivia Wilde is brought back to life by the magic of fire. Yep. And then we see that hummingbird later, so it wasn't. I mean, Wait, well, at that point, do we know it's in his head? Or that's your. It was all a dream, or was it? Oh, okay. Moment. I was just checking on Wikipedia to make sure that there wasn't any sort of post-credit scene because uh, we did stop as soon as the credits rolled because it seems like Olivia Wilde should come back if she got burned up earlier in the movie and regenerates no but I mean this time she, she was exploded in, in midair she's in tiny vaporized pieces I don't think she what do you think the last part's going to be just the camera's going to sweep over the alien wreckage and then she's going to be there and her eyes are going to open and then she's yeah, going to sure. wink and go Cowboys and Aliens 2 2014 <laughs> guitar squeal <laughs> Cowboys and aliens, <laughs> and of course. Okay, so that's an original song. I like it. <laughs> the original title song for the movie, mm-hmm. um, performed by ACDC. I presume. <laughs> oh, okay, nice. Your song seems Got to be. Got some cowboys. Your song seems to be kind of like Stewart's uh, impressions of people. It just sang the thing <laughs> well, that it is. I mean, many that's songs. Probably why I was drawn to it, Elliot. Yeah, yeah. it was really. Good. It really spoke to him. Yeah. Uh, so this was an exciting movie, right? No, it was not. It was uh, there full, was full of thrills, chills, spills, mills, and bills. <sighs> As a lot of it, talking. Elliot, Elliot brought up that uh, Daniel Craig's uh, body double got a lot of <laughs> a lot of screen time riding a horse around. Yeah, there are a lot of a lot of scenes padded out by just shots of an, a Daniel Craig-like figure in the distance riding a horse. I mean, I really feel like. It, there should have been more clever Movie? ways to mash up the the, the genres if they're going to do that. There's one scene where Daniel Craig leaps from his horse onto a spaceship, like one of the tiny little drone things. And there's one scene where an alien gets uh, lassoed. But uh, like I feel like there should be more of you know like like there should be Native Americans like shooting like more arrows. And, I mean, they like... did shoot arrows at. No, but I, I think yeah. I know what you're talking about. Like I. I don't know if I'm going to say campier, but like if they had made more of an effort to play up conventions of both of the right. two separate genres. I mean, part of it, I think one of the big problems with the movie is that 
the aliens are basically gorillas. Like yeah. They, they're... This would have been a better movie if it was called Cowboys and Gorillas. <laughs> and it's about gorillas kidnapping people. <laughs> like, like, a, the like, movie a, Congo, like a circus right? train. <laughs> yeah. A, a circus s- train uh, overturns in the Old West. It kills everyone but the gorillas. There's a bunch of rabid gorillas <laughs> running loose. This is a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's the... the well, it's, it felt like the movie would do a scene in the cowboy movie, then a scene in the alien movie, then a scene in the cowboy movie. It's especially never integrated if, Especially them. if you're playing on the idea that, like, the aliens are to the humans what the humans are to the Native Americans. Well, Native Americans if, are also humans. Well, oh, okay. <laughs> My mistake. <laughs> so if the aliens are to the white man what the white man is to the Native Americans. Okay, yeah. Like, if you play up this, like, distance, more aloof, uh, I don't know, like, less, I don't know. Well, also the idea that... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I know exactly. Like, they they had an interesting theme there that they didn't do anything with, and that would have at least given the movie some kind of, like, made you think. It would have had a concept behind it beyond, well, we got some cowboys, and then we throw some aliens yeah, in there. Yeah. Well, we talked about all of this while we were watching the movie. like About how boring it is? The idea that the aliens are here specifically to steal gold <laughs> is hilarious. Like, <laughs> And if this was a sillier movie, that would be a really fun idea. Like, I really okay, wish there like, had been a shot of like an alien just grabbing a handful of gold like, coins out of somebody's... Like, like, oh, gold, gold, I tell you. Hee, hee, hee. Pouring gold right. from one hand to the other, yeah. you know. Or like a shot of a miner in a mine, and he's like, I struck gold! And then you see a silhouette behind him in uh-huh. an alien shape. Yeah. And Uh-oh. then, like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That would have been great. The alien gang's in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, Intergalactic Gold Rush. I mean, I think we could have... <laughs> that would have been a way better title. Intergalactic <laughs> Gold Rush. It would have been great. And I can already see Daniel Craig, bag of gold in his hand, just running for his life <laughs> while he's being chased by aliens... Uh, some maybe some pretty girls, the sheriff, space prospectors. Yeah, basically one of those one so of those a G, like a Jack, a Jack Davis, uh, Davis. Poster. basically a Jack Davis poster with caricatures of every one of the actors, <laughs> kind of it's and it's a mad 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 world type thing, and with like a glittery a glittery trail of gold dust behind them all. Oh, of course, and stars. Yeah, uh, I think we could have been overlooked these conceptual flaws if the movie had been exciting, but it was in fact very boring. The action scenes were incredibly. Like, kind of dully paced and shot. Everything was just boring. And this is something I mentioned to the other floppers while we were watching it. I'm a big Western fan. I love Westerns from your silent Westerns like the Iron Horse, your 30s, 40s Westerns, your John Fords, your psychological Westerns, the Gunfighter and what have you, your spaghetti Westerns, you know, whatever, your 70s later Westerns like the Culpeper Cattle Company. I've established my Western bona fides, but there's nothing. Silverado. <laughs> yeah, your Silverados, your Young Guns 2s. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more. Having said that, that I love Westerns, there's nothing more boring than a boring Western. A boring drama, a boring science fiction movie, a boring thriller, all way more exciting than a boring Western. And this is a boring Western. True. Yeah. But, the, the, but there was that scene in the overturned boat where they sat around and talked a long time. <laughs> yeah, and there was also the scene where they uh, were in the saloon and they were talking for a while. Uh-huh. There's that, don't that, forget that, that scene. That scene where a bunch of people surround Daniel Craig and then they get in a fight. Yeah, that, or that scene where uh, they are in they're with the Indians and there's a lot of like tension and it could erupt at any moment. And Harrison Ford just kind of squabbles like an old man with one of them. I do like that there that Harrison Ford gets to play the reformed racist character in the movie <laughs> as he begins by hating Indians and then by the end you know he kind of respects them I, similar to Donald Logue in the Patriot <laughs> when this movie started I like movie. I was enjoying it more than you guys a little bit like in the you were was, you were ready to like it a lot I was ready to like it and uh and then it 
And then actually, I, I liked it the most when it was just a straight up western at the beginning. It's it a rare movie it, that like gets worse as soon as the aliens show up. Yeah, it, cer- it certainly was better earlier when there were no aliens. But um, it's like the opposite of Earth Girls are easy, <laughs> right? Yeah, which, which gets really takes off as, as soon, soon as, as you well, see aliens. Yeah, the opposite of which most is in the first frame, I think. <laughs> <laughs> most movies so you're, with you're aliens. You're saying it just like it starts off at, at ten. Yeah, and it, just it goes. Never lets up. Yeah, <laughs> it actually gets to thirty somehow. <laughs> Around the time that uh, Julie Brown does uh, sings a song about being blonde. Yeah. <laughs> What's great about Earth Girls Are Easy is that those aliens are super into Earth Girls right from the beginning. Even yeah, though Earth Babes. They have no problem with the fact that these Earth Babes don't aren't covered in cat hair. <laughs> Well, like I mean, you're are. an advanced alien race. <laughs> I mean, Elliot. to bring it back to Cowboys and Aliens, Daniel Craig doesn't seem to be that concerned that Olivia Wilde is an alien. Because like, she looks like Olivia her. Wilde. If yeah. she had three yeah. eyes, I mean, maybe she's hamburger, different. but who cares? So the <laughs> but that, horrible, but Earth Girls terrible thing to say. <laughs> terrible thing and to say. And to be honest, in the Old West, she's 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 steak. She's not. I mean, she, she's wow. Hearth Girls are easy, though, on the other hand, a movie that makes a virtue out of the fact that its aliens are stupid. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Like and that's... here, if it was like, I, it would have been like, if it was one of those things where it's like, these are the, maybe these are the early ground troops of, an, of a sophisticated alien race. They're pretty, they're not great thinkers. They're kind of dumb. Yeah, they're like, like drones. Like, we never really learn a lot about the aliens. And when you read, I was reading the Wikipedia entry afterwards, they put a lot of thought into the design of these aliens and into, like, how they interact with the environment. But we don't really see any of that in the movie. Like, they put a lot of thought into things that never factor into the plot or the characters or anything. And I wonder if they got too caught up in, like, when, the, alien, sci-fi. when the aliens get wounded. They're not used to this environment. So there's a yellow fungus that grows on them. It's like, all right, well, like... I guess I kind of saw that for one frame when one of them got shot, but like I don't know anything about these aliens except they love gold and they're kind of stupid. They seem yeah. to have no language and they just run around like gorillas biting like people. Yeah. They and put they have a lot le- of thought into details that do and not I, play into the. Film. I think they yeah. really, I think they really drop the ball when Olivia Wilde dies and then comes is reborn in flames, and we realize that she's an alien by not making her look more like an alien. Yeah, she like, just comes back as Olivia Wilde. I would have been more interested to see, uh, you know. Have an alien alien woman with a cowboy hat running around. You wanted her like to have seven three arms. boobs. Yeah, it's okay, three boobs. <laughs> but now, don't look at me like that. Both of you, if she had three boobs all of a sudden, would have given me a high five. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, it certainly would have improved your idea. the movie. <laughs> Why would he give you a high five? Uh, well, because uh, I mean, the, maybe you missed I me. Mean, he is, I mean, great he would be the closest, uh, geographically the closest party dude to either of us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That and point. I sit in between you during the movie. Yeah. That's true. you got to yeah. give somebody a high five. You're not going to, like, run into the other room and give Dan's wife a high five <laughs> might, while like, she scowls at us. <laughs> She'd be like, I, you're mischaracterizing my wife. Okay, fine. She would not scowl. Look, she scowling? would be confused by why she was getting this high five all of a sudden. Well, I would Sarah run in and I would yell. Welling, uh, I would run in and I'd yell, three boobs, <laughs> high five. And then I'd leave. Yeah, and she would give you that high five. Oh, yeah, of course. She would That's be a true. little mystified. Scowling all the while. <laughs> no, inside. there's it's no scowling. Scowl. No scowling. Uh, so it's hard to say, like, this is a very boring movie. There's not a lot to dig into. 
I mean, we, they, tried to, they tried to tap into the, the craze of cowboys that America was obsessed <laughs> yeah. with for a while. Well, that's there. the thing is, Western movies are not haven't had like this huge comeback, but you have seen like a steady number of Western movies each year. Like and some of them like 310 to Yuma did mm-hmm. well and some of them don't do so well. True Grit. True Grit did well. I mean, this is tapping into America's sudden craze for mashups. Yeah, that's true. I mean, with fucking, like, uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter coming you, up. You must and, love yeah. that. You love history. <laughs> oh, God. You must, yeah, you, you're you a big history. Lincoln I fan, so I've, you must be looking forward to this. I may have talked about this, this on the podcast already. And it's already. probably based on a comic, and you love comic books. Well, it's based on a novel, but <laughs> I'll, I'll just... I may have touched on this on previous podcast entries, but I like Abraham Lincoln a lot. I'm actually tomorrow leaving on a trip to Springfield, Illinois, to visit his house, tomb, law offices and where he announced his candidacy for the presidency and all that uh i just eat lunch i love vampires they're great mm-hmm. neither of those like two all things vampires well, or? i don't mean not all vampires i like the concept of vampires okay. and some of them like dracula hold a special place in my heart or uh you know count yorga or whatever mm-hmm. but uh Neither of those two things gains anything by being combined. Abraham Lincoln is this singular historical figure of great nobility and and character who accomplished amazing things and was also an amazing speaker and writer. I don't see what he gains by becoming like an ass-kicking martial arts vampire fighter when what he accomplished was so much more interesting than fighting vampires. And the vampires, I don't see what they gain by being shoehorned into the history of the Civil War, you know. But the Raven, though the Raven, where Edgar Allan Poe is oh, uh, solving crimes, crimes <laughs> There's this based on Nicholas his. Cage is I mean, that, that's right? that's pretty awesome, <laughs> no, right? I mean, like the, uh, you gotta like John that. Cusack doing a Nicholas Cage impression, yeah. I guess. It's it's the laziest type I mean, doing a Nicholas Cage impression in that he's taking a job for money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a meta impression. <laughs> what would Nicholas Cage do? He'd take this role because he needs the money. It's the laziest type of storytelling which is let's take a thing that exists and have it solve crimes and they do it in television all the time where it's like grim is like a fairy tale guy who solves crimes or like you know forever night or moonlight or any of those where it's like it's a vampire who solves oh, crimes yeah. forever night <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but like to do the raven where it's like well edgar Allan poe was this bizarre character great poet strange man there's any number of stories we could tell with him let's have him stop a, ma- a serial killer all right, like, why would you do? I'm, I'm sure at some point there's going to be uh, another attempt at a movie where like Harry Houdini solves stops yeah. a serial killer, or like what another. If? I'm sure it's already in development. Yeah, I mean it was announced a while back. Okay. Or like there's all there are two I think two competing movies where Arthur Conan Doyle is up against a serial killer. Like, come I mean, on, that actually different. makes a little more sense because Arthur Conan Doyle. Did help solve a few crimes when he well, was. Well, Edgar Allan Poe invented the detective story. You yeah, can say that. no, I know, I know. But it's just a lazy thing to do to be like. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, we'll take this historical figure. If they're gonna have do him that, solve crimes. Like, why not do like a, a movie about how Conan Doyle actually solved some real life crimes and just like do those actual like, because they've got because they've got to come up with like the gimmick that the serial killer has. You yeah, know? and vampires and stuff, right? Well, and, and with sure. Abraham. So my point is, Abraham Lincoln Zombie Vampire vampires. Hunter. You're taking two great things, mashing them up in a way that doesn't. Work and it's uh, former Flophouse guest co-host Hallie Haglin once said to me, "I like Spanakopita and I like chocolate. I don't need them combined in one dish. That wouldn't work." Yeah, that's how I feel about Abraham Lincoln and Vampire Hunters. That's not how I feel about Cowboys and Aliens. It could still be done. Okay, so in what, fact, I'm working on. So this is part of your your 
attempt to prevent people in general from seeing Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I don't care if people go see it. You're working like, on the smear campaign, right? Yeah, I'm going to put a lot of negative heads. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln says he's a vampire hunter. <laughs> like, I, if it was Abraham Lincoln alien something, that would be more interesting to me because it's like, what would a alien guy like, negotiator? Well, how would someone like Abraham Lincoln interact with an alien intelligence? You know, rather than Abraham Lincoln is, knows kung fu somehow and is like a badass fighter or something like that. Uh, so we're uh, that was a long tangent about Abraham Lincoln. He learned in the Orient. He was never in the. He never left the United States. Like, <laughs> come on. And uh, I think, I mean, I think Chicago has a pretty large Chinatown, didn't he? Maybe. Well, he didn't really spend a lot of time in Chicago. Well, just a little bit, so I'm in the Chinatown part. <laughs> he really was more in the Wushu in part. Springfield. I don't really think it has as much of a Chinatown either. Was, like, well, Springfield, I mean, every large city has a Chinatown. Yeah, yeah forget it, Dan. So it's the, Chinatown. Bus, uh, the bustling fish markets of Springfield. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's where he learned his wushu. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the dusty plains of Springfield. Speaking of someone who's been to Springfield, I'm also something bustling about that. Well, I'm going to go there. I'm excited. Yeah. There's also I'm not a big. This is a different s- subject, but I'm not a big fan in of the like badassing of everything that every character has to be a badass and like cowboys and aliens it makes sense the main character is going to be a badass because he has to fight aliens later mysterious stranger but he's also such a good fighter that no one ever seems to be much of a threat to him yeah including the aliens yeah as soon as he gets that fucking wrist blaster he's also got a wrist laser yeah they're done like they just keep popping up and he keeps slaying them yeah he never seems to have to try very hard uh, I think it's time to uh, move along and give our final judgments on Cowboys and Aliens. This is a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, a movie you kind of like. Stuart, go. I'm going to surprise both of you by saying it's a bad, bad movie. <laughs> oh, 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 God, my heart. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to uh, say good, great movie. Yeah, it. Uh, it's just so slow and long and filled with scenes that don't matter and or yeah. really advance anything. Um, yeah, no. And the fact that I made a joke about a reformed racist and they actually had one. <laughs> uh, yeah, and oh man, this is terrible. Yeah, I, no said, I said during the film, uh, they managed to make a movie where Indians are spearing an alien boring. <laughs> uh, and also, I mean, like, this movie has uh, people I like in it. I mean, like, I like Daniel Craig, despite him being in other flop house films in the past uh, i like uh, harrison ford i like how could you not like walton goggins is in this uh, sam, sam rockwell, rockwell. always entertaining brown. come on clancy brown uh not he's not only in serious non-b movies right yeah. <laughs> sure uh so yeah bad bad movie yeah and i'm also gonna agree bad bad movie just a wasted potential and just boring they never found what was exciting about this concept Instead, they just kind of went through the motions and went by the numbers, and it was dull. So, Dan, are you, did you pull out your iPad so you can play, like... Uh, are you yeah. going to play Sonic again? Sorry, if you hear the uh, the, the, be- the the noise that's from my iPad, because uh, I'm at home, I did not print out uh, letters, so I'm going to be reading them off of the iPad. Dan's again. gone paperless, everybody. He's entered the 21st century. Uh, but uh, before we move on... To letters, I want to thank for donations. I want to thank Woo! John K. I want to thank uh, Evan M. And lastly, I want to thank uh, one second, Dimitri T. That you said four donations. 
No, I said I don't want to thank people for donations. Oh, oh that makes sense. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. yeah that's so. Uh, well, congrats. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for helping keep the flop house going. You know, it's pledge time. If you enjoy the flop house and want to receive more flop house like things like this, why not stop into your local private Ryan store? Pick up one of the great savings on sale right now. We're running our private Ryan sales event all through June. I did not authorize this. <laughs> uh, uh, well, it's just side business I'm working on. Just got to drum up some publicity for the. No, but thank you very much for your donations. Appreciate it. Every donation, you get a lock of Stuart's hair. Yep. Not his hair on his head, though. No. So, uh, <laughs> definitely not. You can opt out of receiving that. Everyone I has. have a message here from uh, Kenny, last name withheld. Loggins. <laughs> Something about a danger zone, but he's all right. <laughs> Nobody worry about him. <laughs> the title. He's playing with the boys. Is he footloose? Uh, the title <laughs> is... Explaining that my mama don't dance. <laughs> Good movies ruined by shitty endings. He says, hello there, fellow Shelbyvillians. Been listening for a couple of years, and I'm a huge fan of the Flophouse House Cat. <laughs> I'm a huge flan. Oh, my God, a sentient bowl of flan. <laughs> Send it an email. Uh, huge flan. Anywho, I'm curious fan. about what you think oh, are yeah, uh, really good or even great movies that are ruined by awful slash stupid endings. For me, it's The Wages of Fear. Hmm. An incredibly tense French flick about truckers smuggling nitroglycerin through the rugged South American jungle that's all but unraveled by its cheap bullshit final scene. What say you, floppers? I actually have an answer for this already queued up in my brain, coincidentally enough, uh, which is the movie Hell in the Pacific with Lee Marvin and Toshiro Mifune, which is directed by John Borman, I think, which is a really great movie about an American soldier and a Japanese soldier who are trapped on a deserted island together during World War II and go through a series of ambushing each other and taking each other prisoner until they realize they have to work together. And the movie literally has is great up until maybe the final 35 seconds, 50 seconds, when it has one of the cheapest, most slapped-on, crappy endings. And it's re- a really disappointing way for an otherwise really good movie to end. So Hell in the Pacific, I'd say watch it, and then uh, don't watch the last you know minute. Yeah, I mean, I think the closest thing that immediately comes to mind is uh, is is uh, Unbreakable, which is, you know, hmm. a, a Night Shyamalan movie, which I like a lot of the stuff leading up to the very end, and then they have you know the the twist, and then they explain a bunch of shit in a in just text Via on text, the screen. Yeah, like we could show it, but yeah, we're kind of bored of this. Let's get out of here. Well, it seems like they set it up in case they wanted to have a sequel or just to have an ironic ending, and then it was almost like. They were like, audiences want to know that the bad guy was brought to justice. So they just throw text up on the screen that says, like, you know, Mr. Glass was brought to justice. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, when that movie came out, I was much went more... To, went, to, went to college and graduated. <laughs> <laughs> Unbreakable made a fortune in dry goods. When that movie came out, I was much more uh, apt to give M. Night Shyamalan the benefit of the doubt because he hadn't screwed us over yet. Yeah. So at the time, I was like, oh, that's kind of a funny ending. Like, it's like this guy has set himself up as this mastermind criminal, but it is a complete anticlimax. It's like, no, this is just a regular fucking guy who then the police came and arrested him. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of cool in a way. But uh, now that uh, M. Night Shyamalan has proven... Has revealed his true self to be not very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm more inclined to take uh, Stewart's 
I mean, signs uh, on some level, signs is equally bad. But I mean, signs has a couple of good moments in it, but it's it's uneven throughout, and the ending is just dumb because it implies that so millions of people have been afflicted with asthma throughout centuries because Mel Gibson's son needed to survive getting gassed in the face by an alien's wrist. You know. Yeah, there's so many problems with there's a, a lot movie of... based on aliens that are allergic, like violently allergic to water, coming to a planet that's pretty much all water. Um, yeah, yeah, and also that uh, his his wife's dying words in a car crash were planted there by God so that years later he could tell his brother-in-law to hit an alien in the head with a baseball bat. <laughs> As if he's just staring at the alien and staring at the baseball bat, and he's like, I don't know what to do with these two things. No, this is why my wife years ago she said this. She had to die. <laughs> she had to die. So you would know that a good way to hit an alien is with a baseball bat. Yeah, I don't have anything cute up in my brain, although I do agree that... Uh... You got a lot of cute things up in your brain. <laughs> Thanks. I do love Wages of Fear, and I think that the it ending is, a good movie, yeah. is like sort of uh, French nihilist bullshit, but... Uh... Uh, it's easy to. I think it's easiest to see this kind of thing in movies with twists. Like mm-hmm. I think that the movie Identity isn't necessarily that good a movie, but like up until the twist, like it's kind of a That's solid. The one with fun. all the killers in John Cusack's brain. Right? Yeah. Well, John Cusack's also in another guy's brain. That's the oh, thing. Like okay. up until the twist, it's kind of like a solid, fun, like beam movie. Like, oh, we got a bunch of great character actors. We're gonna put them in a motor lodge. They're all gonna get killed off. This is fun enough. And then it's just like. Wait, they're all personalities in this other guy's brain, and this kid is running around killing them <laughs> off to be the only personality. Like brains don't work that way. No. That's not the way. Like, my favorite, a psychological... my favorite thing about that shitty ending is that this is—it's revealed this is all happening inside the head of a crazy person, uh, and that the personality who's killing the other personalities is this little kid. Then it flashes back to the kid manually killing each of these people. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, well, if it's all happening in someone's brain, he doesn't actually have to be doing anything. Like, oh, wait, he couldn't have been here because he was over there at the time killing that person. No, it's all imagined anyway. Like, he can yeah. do whatever he wants. He's in a world of pure imagination, just like in Willy Wonka. <laughs> So uh, that movie no, identity have, would have been better if he had picked a flower off the ground and eaten it, like in Willy Wonka. The audience needs to know how a child could kill grown people. <laughs> but that's not. None of them are real. That's how the brain works. Yeah, I don't think so. Science. This <laughs> is from Scott. Uh, last name withheld, and it's uh, it's titled "Uh Oh." <laughs> So it's about Stuart, okay. I'm guessing. And it says, Hi, Floppers. Congrats on making it hey, to 100 episodes. May you reach Thank 100 you. more. Thank you. I was re-listening yeah. to the Jonah Hex podcast, better known as the Secret Origin of the Flophouse Housecat, when Stuart <laughs> oh, broke out one of his trademark Flophouse soundbites, a drawn-out, uh-oh, whenever anyone, parentheses Dan, made a mistake. <laughs> Given that D- Dan mispronounces basic words on a near-constant basis. Yeah, he can't talk. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, anyone? <laughs> I was looking forward to many more uh-ohs in the flop casts of the future. But though the house cat managed to claw his way out of Jonah Hex into both future podcasts and flopper hearts, the uh-ohs have been nowhere to be found. Mm. Stuart, embrace your role as the Michael Winslow of the flop house and bring back the uh-ohs. <laughs> Maybe you could even add a, more, a few more sound bites as, fl- as a 100th flopversary present. Maybe a... Hubba hubba when Elliot makes a lewd reference to former Flame Anne Hathaway. For a flan? Again, Dan, can you not tell the difference between people and and Mexican desserts? Anne Hathaway. I guess it's a Spanish dessert. Or a foghorn every time you or Elliot interrupts Dan. 
Thanks for the laughs, Scott. Wait, so we'd interrupt you, and then Stuart would interrupt himself or me with a foghorn? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got to workshop some of these ideas. I, thank you, Scott, for the suggestions, but I don't know. Um, yeah, well, okay, so I small contest. Uh, the prize will be TBA, uh, and it's, I don't know, I can't think think of a new thing for me to shout uh what should stewart's new shouty set or, uh, catchphrase or be? should uh-oh just come back into the regular rotation i mean i like uh-oh coming back because it sounds like a little kid <laughs> <laughs> uh who cares let's go on <laughs> but the flophouse house cat is of course you know a fan favorite or as dan would say a flan favorite <laughs> When would he say that? Like when we're recording all the time? Yeah, or? constantly. Yeah. It's you may not know that Dan's Had a nice dinner Dan's with friends. Actually, uh, has or outsourced. Flans, as he calls them. Dan actually doesn't have a tongue and hires somebody else's tongue, so <laughs> he, he can't. It's a quality control problem. It happens when you hire somebody else to do your tongue's job. Mm-hmm. I've got a very rare kind of lisp where instead of adding like an extra s sound, I just add a, an l where it does not belong. Or mispronounce things in other ways. Hector Alessandro, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this one is from Andrew, last name withheld. It's titled Ghost Hunters. Okay. Well, now we're okay, talking. Yeah, Dear Flophouse, I write this as I finished listening to the 100th episode. As usual, the podcast was hilarious. However, oh, that's you. not why I'm writing in. Yeah. After hearing uh, you mention a series of YouTube videos that you starred in, I had to investigate. The first one I laid my eyes upon was this, and then there's a YouTube link. In which you pursue the Jersey Devil inside a house. Oh, that's technically the third in that series. But Two things. Dan looks like a more handsome version of Brendan Fraser. And oh, Elliot wow. looks and sounds like an annoying child. <laughs> wow. Especially when lying belly down on the floor playing Mario Kart 64. <laughs> and wearing a, uh, a big Mets cap. It's too yeah. big for me. I imagine slash hope that as you read this out loud, your fellow floppers will at this point accuse you of having written yet another self-aggrandizing letter. <laughs> well, that was my first thought, yeah. <laughs> Nothing can be further from the truth. More handsome and, and Drew, Dan, and Dan. <laughs> Wait, Dan. Dan. <laughs> you puzzled out another one, Puzzle Master. <laughs> They they just high fived. Uh, the letter goes. Nothing can be further from the truth. Wink, Dan. You should also <laughs> wink at this point. Anyway, keep up the good work. I'll review your other Ghost Hunter parody videos when I have more spare time. <laughs> Wait, this is I'm not. I'm glad that he was so like he like the first one got him so worked up that he wrote the letter. But they're what like two minutes long. Yeah, well, they're long? about four minutes long, and there's three of them. Okay. I do appreciate being called a more handsome Brendan Fraser. That's a, that's yeah. One oh, of the you nicer really you things. appreciate being called that? <laughs> no, it's one of the nicer things <laughs> you like being, said. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I like this compliment. <laughs> well, <laughs> look, Stewart gets so much time being the dreamboat or the flophouse. Yeah, that it's true. Nice to spread that around a little. How long ago did we make those videos? About four or five years ago. Oh, it's got to be a little. I mean, Even five actually, or six. Five maybe. or six years ago. So uh, yeah, you've aged terribly since then. Yeah. yeah. Now you're kind of I'm like a, a wreck of a man. Peter Cushing. <laughs> <laughs> you're like more, a, more handsome Peter Cushing. You're like a less handsome Peter Cushing. <laughs> and we're not talking young Peter Cushing. This is Star Wars Peter Cushing. Wow. I mean, he's got a certain dignity. Like he's he's got a commanding presence. Uh, that's, I mean, that's the only thing that's. I mean, that's a real difference there between. <laughs> no, you don't have the presence, but the skeleton face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you do have the skeleton face. Okay. Uh, yeah, but that was another series that we did for uh, your live show. When I used to, yeah, I used to have the new Kalen show. That's one of that was the was that the primetime Kalen? I don't know, but al- so along with the Superman series, that's the other yeah. series of videos that we did. The Ghost Hunter series, mm-hmm. yeah. 
That one, and by the way, Flop fans and uh, was named Drew who wrote in. That house is my mom's actual house that I grew up in. So you can just imagine me as an actual kid living in that house. Playing Mario Kart 64? You better believe it, yeah. Okay, well, uh, the last uh, email for uh, this episode is from Chris Last Name Withheld. It's titled Movie Novelizations. Greetings, Flopmaster Flex and the Floppy Bunch. I will let you three decide who gets to be Flopmaster Flex. Probably Dan. Yeah. I was inspired by Stuart Wellington. uh, (laughs) He's like a more handsome, (laughs) uh, more handsome George Frazier. I was inspired by Stuart. He's like a more handsome Frazier Crane. Wellington. (laughs) Mentioning he once wrote a paper about the novelization of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie to share a brief factoid with you. In ninth grade. (laughs) That book rules. (laughs) The end. In ninth grade, I was required to bring that a book. Your that was my factoid. <laughs> in ninth grade, I was required to bring a book to my English class once a week for silent reading. I brought the same book each and every week: the story tome, the novelization of D two, the Mighty Ducks are back. Awesome. I also have a couple of quick questions for Stuart regarding the Turtles book. Was it the novelization of the first movie or Secret of the Ooze or Turtles in Time? Second, if first, you were d- first movie, if, if of you course. Were, if Stuart was doing book reports around the time that Turtles in Time came out, <laughs> I'd be worried about his education. Uh, second, was there any original material in the book? The novelization of D2 had a handful of stuff in it that wasn't in the movie. Therefore, I suppose I need to read the book to get the full canon. You are the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> That's uh, nice of you And saying. the answer is yes. There's a ton of extra shit in there. Well, there's that whole sex scene between Raphael and April O'Neil, right? I, I didn't want to bring that up. Wait, that's the part. Where, well, that's where where Casey Jones uh, watches on <laughs> with his hockey mask. I don't like where we went. Sorry, I apologize to everyone. I apologize to Earth for that. Oh, so ooze. Secret of the ooze. <laughs> that's the secret of the ooze. All right. Ooh. Uh, but a lot of times those novelizations are based on early drafts of the script, and that's why they have different material. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And then they get, like, R.A. Salvatore or somebody to write it. Or Alan Dean Foster. It's a trademarked Elliot Kalin Hollywood factoid. Mm-hmm. The end. <laughs> so end this is the most ti- yeah, this is the most times we've used the word factoid in uh, podcasts. So factoid. Pod fans well, except can for the catalog fact- this under factoid episode. Yeah, in the fact house. Wait, what? Our podcast about facts. Wait, wait we... I've never done <laughs> that. <laughs> You get really drunk for every episode. <laughs> We've been sneaking into your apartment and doing it while you're asleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very broad-based uh, podcast, though, just about facts in general. <laughs> yep, we just say things we think are true. Not a lot of research goes into it. Uh, so now we uh, move on to our final segment of the show. Final segment. Which is recommendations, movies that we think... <laughs> Those are explosions. ...listeners might enjoy... Or banging on a big door. ...to actually watch... <laughs> Uh, movies not like Cowboys and Aliens, movies that are Which good. Which you would not enjoy. Uh, Ellie, do you have a recommendation you want to uh, I do. Favor us with? I don't think this is the movie I recommended last time, right? Uh, well, you haven't said it yet, so I can't tell you. Do you remember what movie I, I recommended I last here. time? No, I, I do not. I kind of don't either. Uh, but I'd recommend a movie, a uh, kind of um, <coughs> more a serious ish comedy uh, from Norway that I saw recently called A Somewhat Gentle Man okay. with uh, Stellan Skarsgård. You may know him as the scientist I from Thor. That guy. Uh, he's very good in it. He's uh, the older brother of Peter Skarsgård, right? No. No, Peter Skarsgård. <laughs> they have totally different, different names and families and nationalities. <laughs> okay. But it's about a guy who uh, has just gotten out of jail. Also, he Peter was... Stormare is a different man. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Go on. And, uh, yeah. Uh-oh. 
<laughs> it's about a guy who has been in jail for 12 years for killing someone. He was kind of a low-level soldier for a local crime boss. Now he's just gotten out of jail, and he kind of needs to get his life back together. He has a grown-up son who wants nothing to do with him. He, his, the crime boss has arranged for him to live in the crime boss's sister's spare kind of basement room. And he gets a job at a local mechanics, and it's just kind of this series of him – incidents of him trying to get his life back on track, confused by uh, how people are treating him, and eventually having to make a decision about whether he's going to go back into crime or not. And it's a very low-key movie, but there are a lot of uh, funny moments in it. Uh, I liked Stellan Skarsgård's performance a lot, and there are some very funny – sex scenes that I don't want to say too much about, but uh, his rela- his relationship <laughs> with his landlady uh, becomes based mainly around her demanding sex from him and him giving it to her and then her acting as if he, uh, he demanded it from her, but in a way that uh, starts out really kind of gross and funny but becomes kind of touching as it goes on, uh, and I just enjoyed the movie a lot, so... What was go. that again? It's called A Somewhat Gentleman. Okay. It's a Norwegian release from about two years ago. Uh, well, recently I watched uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which I—that's uh, a mouthful, huh? <laughs> I greatly enjoyed. Uh, it was, as advertised, difficult to understand. Like I don't believe that I fully uh, could parse the plot, uh, and I doubt that anyone who hasn't read the book, which I haven't, uh, could understand everything that goes on in it. But it doesn't matter. It's it's a uh, it's a movie that's based mostly on atmosphere, and that atmosphere is uh, how I imagine spying really is. Well, the which atmosphere is a, bunch is a mix of, of nitrogen, oxygen, carbon dioxide, and other gases. Well, there's that, but there's also a lot of sitting around in drab rooms, um, just sort of waiting for things to happen. Uh, a lot of ugly, great. ugly paint and wallpaper. <laughs> I'll but, say this about I liked that movie a lot, and. Considering Cowboys and Aliens is a movie about cowboys fighting aliens, mm-hmm. and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is about unhappy people sitting in grim rooms lying to each other, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is way more exciting yeah, and it's thrilling a ripping movie than Cowboys somehow. and Aliens. Uh, but it's got, you know, it's got a real rundown of uh, great British actors. Uh, you got your Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. You got your John Hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Colin Firth. Mm-hmm. Toby Jones. TV's Sherlock. Benedict uh, Cumberbatch. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch is in it. Kieran Hines. Uh, Tom Hardy. Toby Jones. Yeah. And great. Toby Jones. I think I said Toby Jones. Already. Tom Hardy. Yeah, I Did said you mention what's his name from Bridget Jones's thing colin firth colin firth and toby jones i think is in that too <laughs> thanks thanks, pa- thanks pal yeah uh but uh, tv sherlock benedict cover match <laughs> a movie jones. that uh sort of operates on that gary oldman's in it. i think he's the main guy. yeah and toby jones <laughs> <laughs> it operates on the same principle uh, as uh tv's the wire in that you may not understand everything but the storytelling is so uh confident and well done that you will understand enough by the end of it, you'll get it. Yeah. And they used a lot of real spies. Mm, I don't think <laughs> so. Like in The Wire. <laughs> wow. They, uh, yeah, it's a movie where you will have moments where you're like, I'm not sure what this character is referring to, but I will it's, I will eventually. You know? Yeah. I'm supposed to not be sure at this point in the movie. <clears throat> Mr. Wellington. Oh, it's my turn. Okay. Um, I'm going to recommend a gritty revenge movie called Lies and Illusions. It stars <laughs> it stars Christian Slater and Cuba Gooding Jr. And I believe Al Madrigal. 
Well, okay. Uh, the two of them are uh, radio hosts. <laughs> They're uh, disc jockeys. And they bring in a substitute disc jockey played by, a, uh, played by Al Madrigal. He's a struggling comedian. And he's replacing, uh, like, a really awesome disc jockey played by, I don't know, like, uh, somebody cool, like uh, Powers Booth, I guess. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty great. The Powers Booth character is, like, a stud. What kind of things does the Powers Booth character do? Well, I, you I know, think his name is what Woolert Stellington. Well, uh, that's not a name. Uh, so it's not a name like Powers Booth. Um, so he like you know you know he's picking up chicks, going to parties, being hilarious. Uh, but you know, so Al Madrigal's guy ends up taking his job. So uh, yeah, the Powers Booth has to get revenge, and he totally beats him up. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Was that a confession or a recommendation? <laughs> no, it's a recommendation. It's a great movie. Go see Lies and Illusions. Uh, I think you can find it at uh, at gas stations okay. and rest stops. All right. Well, uh, unless unless anyone has anything else to say, I think that uh, it's time to time to sign off. Yeah, time to put this cowboy to bed mm. with an alien. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if they breathe. Will well, they get the extra arms, or and the, you know, because the aliens have extra extra arms. Those in little their arms chest. in their in their chest. Yeah, the little quato arms. <laughs> yep, quato arms that they grip their hearts with all the time. Yeah. All right. Well, for the flop house, I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. Good night, everyone. Boom. <laughs> Glamo. <laughs> Three, two, two, three, one, <laughs> zero. <laughs> you ruined the whole reason of the very countdown. Oh, sorry. In three, two. <laughs> hey, everyone, and welcome. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> Say it again. In three. No, wait. Two. <laughs> <laughs>